drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown, Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? It is a Friday. We are back, and we had a tremendous show on Wednesday, Grifka. We talked with Eric Schlitt of Lions Wire. I mean, basically me and you lobbed him a few questions, sat back and listened as he dropped the knowledge, and absolutely uh, very thoughtful and very knowledgeable with all his stuff. We're back here for our normal show, which is where I usually bust your chops, and we argue back and forth and have a bunch of fun. Are, are you there, Griffco? Are you ready to do this? Yeah, and I just know there's something that we can't argue about. Uh, if my math is correct, it being Friday, there's uh, only 97 days until kickoff. Griffco, you totally set me up, but then you went a different way. I mean, it's Friday, right? So I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Oh, you wanted the old TGIF, did you, eh? <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, man, just under 100 days to football, uh, the 100th season of the NFL. So that's tremendous, man. Absolutely can't wait for uh, every day we get a little bit closer, man. We better enjoy these OTAs before it goes a little bit uh, a little bit quiet. But uh, before you know it, man, we'll be uh, loading up, heading down Allen Park for training camp. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. All right, Grifka, well, uh, news and notes, man. What the heck is going on with our Lions? Let's have a little bit of fun on this show and uh, do what we do. What do you got? Okay. Well, first one, once again, you know, uh, it's kind of becoming uh, my thing. I, I kind of go out of my way to find these articles just to, you know, uh, get my blood boiling a little bit. But I did find one. Um, <laughs> uh, stumbled across Bleacher Report. And uh, as of right now, they have the Lions with the 22nd best backfield combination or team or room, whatever you want to call it. And I'm not talking, you know, counting the quarterback and the offensive line. No, I'm talking groups of running, the group of running backs that the Lions have. 22nd best. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I don't believe the Lions are top 10. But as I was going through looking at some of the other teams, I mean, like San Francisco and the Colts and the Bengals, I'm thinking to myself, what? I mean, I know the Lions are better than them, but do you just, once again, I just think this is just no love for the Lions, man. What do you think about that? Grifka, <laughs> I, th- I think the people are getting a kick out of this being one of my new catchphrases. I mean, is, is this a real question? Of course it is, man. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, they got carry on, they signed CJ, they got they draft Ty Johnson, they still got Theo. I mean, you know, Zach Zenner's still around. Come on, man, 22nd best. Behind like the likes of like the 49ers, who like their best running back was Jarek McKinnon, and he's great because he didn't play last year at all. I mean, come on, really, really? <laughs> well, that's a bell for the realies. Griffka, do you ever read these articles though and go, like, it gets you mad? But don't you ever read them and just know that it's garbage from the get go, and then you just blow it off? Or these things set you off every time? 
No, I think it's one of those things that you could probably just set me off every time. I, I'm starting to be old guy, get off my lawn type thing. I realize that I'm gonna have to get a rocking chair on my front porch and uh and like one of those old cracker barrels with a with a checkerboard on top of it. <laughs> I guess so, man, because you know, this is lazy writing by I think you said bleach report. This is this is oh the Lions have always been terrible at running, so we'll, we'll we'll put them up a little notch because they drafted a rookie that looked damn good last year. But we won't put them anywhere uh, in the top twenty or fifteen or even up in the top. Uh, you know, yeah, I think they should be in like the top twelve to fifteen of the league. You know, from from Jump Street, and then you know if Carryon is the thoroughbred we hope he is, and you know CJ Anderson can add some punch. I mean, there's no way we're the twenty second backfield. I mean, uh, double Z's, call them triple Z's alone. I mean, puts him in the top ten for you. Am I right? Oh yeah, I'm almost like top five with him. Guy always falls forward. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, you know, I think we're better than that. I, with all the joking aside, I really do think, though, it's sort of a prove it because you, you can't be basically last in the league for probably nearly a decade now and then just show up and roll out of bed and be, you know, top 15, top 10. So, you know, again, I, I feel like it's lazy writing. I feel like it's it's not looking at the personnel. It's just generalizing because it's a national type story. But I, I think some of this you got to just write off. Like, like you know we're better than 22nd, um, you know, barring health and all that good stuff. So I, I just write this off. It's not a big deal. But, uh, yeah, hopefully not only will they show them this year, but it's time to time to run the football, man. It's been time. Yeah, I mean, so, like like I said, I believe that we have a better group than this. So uh, maybe, like you said, it's seen as believing. And, you know, next year we can be in top 12 or something like that, which I feel we're pretty close to being there already. So so, so basically what I just said. Yeah, pretty much, but that's why I just summarized it, as opposed to just repeating your answer. <laughs> Perfect. What else you got, man? Uh, just one more thing here, since uh, you, you always tell me I'm avoiding them and I have to wait for you to bring them up. Um <laughs> Once again, stumbled across another article, which I thought I thought maybe you wrote it, and then you know under you know under a pen name, but you know I, I didn't know if you're such a linguist with it. But uh, you know, the headline was you know T.J. Hawkinson will make Stafford fall in love with the tight end again, and my first question was I didn't know Stafford was ever love with in, in love with tight ends to begin with. I mean it just always seemed like they were there and they kind of forced him to throw the ball. And but uh, will. You know, over time, obviously, as we debate, you know, once again, as a rookie, you know, what he'll do as a rookie. But do you think uh, Hawkinson will will uh, make Stafford fall in love with the tight end where he becomes like the number one option, kind of like Gronkowski is or was to the Patriots? Now, Griff, I'm not going to use one of my new taglines because not only is this a real question, but it's it's my favorite part. Like on the Wednesday show with Eric, like you're just asking him about tight ends. You're wondering about how not is going to be. We talked to you at the end about TJ Hawkinson and talked you off the ledge and you were, you were just sitting there loving it, being quiet and whatnot. So like, I think not only are you coming around, but I mean, you're just obsessed with the tight ends now. I mean, you, you love them. You love them in the top 10. You think they're going to be integral parts of our team, which I think is, you know, absolutely great. Now, now here's, Here's what I'd say. You say, like, has was Stafford ever fall in love with the tight ends or when he has – this is where I school you. So I, I don't know if you remember another guy, one of your favorite players ever in a Lions uniform, Brandon Pettigrew. Does he, <laughs> does he ring a bell? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so you crack on him. 
yes, he had his faults. He he had his uh, butter sticks at times. And, yes, he got all dinged up at the end of his career and washed out of the NFL. But do you remember his first couple years? I mean, he had, like, 80-plus catches. He had probably, you know, up in that, like, six, 800-some yards one of those seasons. Like, really was a guy that Stafford not only got the football to, but he really made a difference when it came to – you know, moving chains, you know, he had the touchdown against the uh, Browns, which we all remember to kind of with the, with the busted up shoulder for Stafford. I mean, I think Stafford, you know, he likes getting the ball to the tight ends because back in the day he had no offensive line. It's the easiest way to just get the ball out over the middle of the football field. And usually they can post up, they can do all that type of stuff. So I think it kind of depends if he has which I do think now they finally have found the right tight end. I mean, I remember I've had to listen to stories here the last week where people were like, you know, justifying the Ebron pick saying, well, they needed a tight end then. It's like, you know, it feels like they've needed a tight end for, you know, since back Pettigrew was like, oh, nine, 2010 ish. Like, I mean, do we need a tight end for two decades? You know what I mean? Like you think we could find a suitable person to play that position for a longer term than a couple of years. But, uh, I, I think we found the guy. I think Matt Stafford has a lot of great weapons across the board. And I think that, you know, he's, he's good at getting the football to not only who's open, but you know, we need to give him just a little bit more time and, you know, I, I'm not really a fan of that safety blanket type of thing. I think that, you know, that, that acts like he can't do anything else except throw the, the check down. So I think Stafford's really going to not only love the kind of person TJ Hawkinson is, but the type of things he can do in this offense. And it basically just gives us another, uh, here's the word, weapon or another op- opportunity, another option that he can get the football out to and, and, and move it down the field. And again, I've really bought in. I was never against it from the get-go, but like you say, there were other players I liked as well, and I just can't wait till we play real games, see what this guy's got, man. You know, I hope when we go to training camp, Hawkinson comes over to sign autographs because I, I want to just see the sheepish look on your face, kind of like that little schoolboy, you know, with, with the crush because you just got such man love for TJ Hawkinson. Oh my god! It just oozes out of you. I mean, I w- does your face light up when you talk about him? When somebody like brings his name up, I- I'm just wondering that, you know, because gosh, you just, you just, I-, I never hear you talk about anybody on the Lions this way, you know, even the guys you really like, like Calvin Johnson. So, um. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's no Odell Grifka, but also like the reason I talk him up so much is because you talk him down so much. You act like this guy is uh, the next reincarnation of, you know, uh, a blocking, plotting. Like tight end, you got in the seventh round. You know, oh, he's gonna he's gonna be a couple catches a game. You know, might be decent. Like I'm trying to pump him up for you. I just think he's a heck of a good football player. And everybody else in the draft process thought he was a great player. Lots of people had him as their safest, best overall like player at any position. And you act like you know he he's just a nobody. I mean, that's that's what's going on here. Okay. We can uh, we can keep debating this on later shows, which I know we will. <laughs> so. Oh, absolutely! This is the new Ziggy. <laughs> the new Ziggy. Uh, I think Ziggy had a birthday this week. Did Did you send him a card? I, I thought I saw that somewhere. Like this week, someday it was like Wednesday or Tuesday was like Ziggy's birthday. I was just wondering if you sent him a gift and like we, we'll miss you type thing. Did Did, did you have that by chance? Uh, uh, I I did not. I mean I. I probably would have because, I again, I respect his talent, what he did for this team. Uh, 
you know, also, I, I don't know, maybe a, a good gift might be, you know, a, a, a lifetime pass at like a local spa or rehab facility or maybe <laughs> uh, maybe some type of, uh, you know, brace for his, uh, his a arms. A heating pad. <laughs> yeah. Lifetime yeah. supply, Ben Gay. I don't know. <laughs> some, right. I mean, that's, that's Some of that Tommy Copper is. stuff that I see on TV, you know, like where like 85-year-old guys are running marathons because they were Tommy Copper. What, like your boy Brett Favre, who's got like copper head to toe and beaten up on a bunch of old 50 year olds in the back parking lot with Jerry Rice? Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that <laughs> was it fair? It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we could do that. Get, get, get uh, Ziggy the bodysuit of Tommy Copper. <laughs> your, your boy Brett Favre will do anything for a paycheck, Grifka. Yeah. And that's that's right, everybody out there. Grifko's a Brett Favre lover. He's on the Detroit Kool Aid cast. I mean, go ahead and beat him up on that on Twitter at Grifka DKC. Yeah. Act, act like you wouldn't have took him on the Lions, as opposed to was it Rodney P and Andre <laughs> Ware and let's see John Kitna and I mean right. you know, Stony Case and was it you know was it that Nick Man guy out of Rutgers they had and Charlie Batch? Yeah, okay. Right, you could take the best off each one of those players that I just named off, and you want to get Brett Favre. <laughs> right, but he's he's our enemy, Griffka. I don't know if you know how that works, but you're not supposed to root for players that are. Plus, he wasn't. There's plus he was in the movie. There's something about Mary, so that's you know how great was that. Oh yeah, yeah. What else we got? <laughs> um, I'm uh, I'm kind of a uh, kind of stopped there after we talked about T.J. Hawkinson. I kind of want to pull back the throttle. How about? Uh, how about we get a word in from our sponsors right now? <laughs> All right, yeah, man. Well, uh, I'm sure we can both get back to Hawkinson and other things. We got lots more to talk about on the show. Let's take a quick pause for our sponsor, and we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, we are back on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. We are back right here. Unfortunately, we got Grifka here as well. Grifka, what's up, buddy? <laughs> That's unfortunately, I, I, could, I could take a summer break if you want. <laughs> oh, man, no, Team Grifka that is out there. They're small, but they're a vocal group. Would miss you, but uh, I'm not sure I would. Um, so, Grifka, like, did you catch all the coaches got up to the podium? Uh, the Lions love to do this now where they put, you know, basically every positional coach at a podium all at once. So like the media can only talk to some of them. Um, I, I watched them all. I mean, I thought they were really insightful. It was really great to hear from Daryl Bevel. And then uh, you also had mother goose up there talking about the defense as well as uh you know, the tight ends, uh, Coach Golden was up there talking, as well as I, I listened to one with the uh, receivers coach. I mean, that and cornerbacks coach, I think it was, they had some really insightful. Didn't didn't uh, mention a uh, certain somebody, though. I think his name is A-O-O Baby. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't hear him come up, but he talked about basically everybody else asked him about 80 questions about tees. I mean, Grifka, the people know that you don't really put much work into the show. You kind of just show up and say a few things that are half funny and then get out of here like did you see these do you have any takes on them or are you out blowing bubbles at the park again the the one i saw 
the one I was most interested in, so I I saw it was the uh, Daryl Bevel one, simply because I was hoping to get a little insight of what he was looking to maybe do. And what I really liked out of him is how he was saying, like, you know, everybody knows that the NFL is a copycat league, but he's more than willing to kind of go against the grain that he's not going to become pass happy just because that's what everybody else is looking to do. He's, you know, we had talked about this on a prior show. He's still looking to do a little ground and pound. He's still looking to, you know, try to really establish a run to draw the, you know, the defense into the box, and that way he can take shots down the field, much like he did with uh, Russell Wilson in Seattle. And um, that's that was the one I was really interested in. I really liked how he said that, though, that he just wasn't going to go go along with the flow and go along with the crowd simply because that's, you know, what the NFL does. So I, w- I want to follow up with you on that because I, I liked a lot of the things he had to say, you know, again, on the positive one on the show, but I kind of kept thinking back. You know, we went through so many coaching staff, so much of this kind of stuff. Like, I mean, it seems similar to what we've heard from other coordinators. Like, everything seems incredible here in the offseason from all these guys. Um, in regards to where they talk about kind of doing it differently than everybody else is doing, I mean, I don't know to be totally excited about that and think, yeah, like we're going to play old school ball while other people are just trying to throw around the yard or, oh, you know, um, you know, we're going to be different and people aren't going to be able to scheme or won't know what to do with us when we show up on Sundays. Like, it sounds like you're buying into that. And like, I obviously want to, but I'm a little worried that like we're trying to go left. Everybody else is going right. That it, it could also backfire as well. You're right, it could. But I think the biggest thing is, especially with this division and the quarterbacks that are in it and the offenses, if the lines are able to establish the run and keep the clock moving and keep those other teams off the field, I think that will definitely go a long way with the season. And if it can, you know, where they do use carry on and CJ, where those safeties do have to drop down in the box, it will you know, open it up, you know, downfield for Kenny and Marvin. So you're right. It could backfire though. They could become that slow plotting team that, you know, when it's third and three and they try to, you know, run it for three yards and get stuffed. But we also in the old days where they couldn't make third and shorts, they always had to pass and teams knew that. So it it could backfire, but yeah, I'm going to buy into it as opposed to then just, Hey, let's just chuck the ball all over the field. All right, well, I'm going to hold you to that. We do have you on record. I, I hate to even put that thought in your head because by week four, if things aren't going swimmingly, you'll be you'll be complaining, I'm sure, about it. But, uh, you know, I, I really think Bevel sounds like a smart guy. He obviously has a big track record. You know, it's not like a new, fresh coordinator that we're hoping can do some things. Uh, but I also remember at the end of his tenure, he's kind of, you know, running kind of – a very bland offense and ended up getting out of there. So I liked what I heard from him. I just want to see it on the field. I think he does have a lot of great tools to work with, can be multiple, can throw it deep, can throw it underneath, can throw it to the tight ends, can 
run the football smash mouth like he likes. I think there's lots of things that are open to him. So I did like hearing the O coordinator Grifka. Uh, I encourage you to go check out those other coaches because uh, Golden too, when he really talks about all the tight ends and the different things that they bring to the table. Oh wait, Golden's actually talking linebackers. He, he used to be a tight end guy. He was talking uh, all about like how they're going to use Tobai and all that type of stuff. So scratch what I said earlier. I don't know where my brain was, but uh Really interesting stuff to listen to, and all those guys kind of, like I say, everything sounds amazing. I'm just ready to see it on the field and, and, and get at this thing. But um, anybody that didn't check it out, you can catch those guys on the Lions website, their app, or uh, usually I check it out on YouTube as well. Uh, just pull all those up, check those out, see what they have to say, and then you know when they put the, the pads and the jerseys on, we'll see what really happens. So excited about that. So, Grifka, this is a throwback. This is something I think you'll like. So, everybody listening to the show know you've been a Lions fan forever. You talk about the history all day, and I have to do this. Um, but let, let's talk nicknames for a minute. Like, everybody loves a good nickname. Everybody knows there's some, like, classic Lions out there that we really love. I mean, I, I can't say the Lions have been known for amazing nicknames in the recent history they do have some classics uh, any jump to mind or just nicknames you really like or players that you know really lived up to the i mean i guess the biggest was uh the one that everybody knows that sorry i wasn't alive when he played with the lions was you know night train lane i mean obviously uh that guy you know with his night train neckties go back watch some, some of his films some of those tackles that he made which are now outlawed and you'll know why, you know, it got the nickname, the Night Train Necktie. But, uh, I mean, that's the one. But the guy, I really liked, even as a kid, I remember him. And, you know, get the bell. I remember when he retired and I was crushed. And that was, it was Doug English. His nickname was Tex. I mean, he was this big Tex. That guy was huge. I mean, and I really liked him. And the reason he had to retire was due to a neck injury. Um, but he was, like, probably one of those. He was the first real dominant defense attack over the lines that I remember. And, it is. I, I just remember, and he was just, you know, I was a little kid, and he was just one of my favorite players. He was he was one of those guys that was one of the better defenders on, you know, lackluster teams, and people are like, well, how can you have a good defender on a lackluster team? But he really was. I mean, Doug English, and his nickname was Tex, and, they, you know, you see him now at, like, uh, alumni stuff. He'll, he'll, he'll be there every once in a while. If you ever get to see the guy up close, the guy was huge. And so, like, him, just Tex, because, you know, he's obviously from Texas, but that that's the guy I think of. But, um, some of these other nicknames I can't, you know, I mean, everybody now is nicknames just like their initials or like, you know, you know, something with like, you know, a Y on the end. And that's like your, your, your official nickname. It's just like, it's kind of like the cheap way out of it. So nicknames nowadays are kind of boring. Unless you get a great one. And, and this brings me to my point. So, um, a couple people reached out to me on Twitter. You know, they love to get after you about your hatred for TJ Hawkinson. And they were kind of asking me, like, do we have a good nickname for Hawk? Or, you know, that's the easy way to go. But is there anything else? So I've been I've been racking my brain. And I don't have one yet for number 88, TJ Hawkinson. Or as we will be calling him shortly when he's finding the end zone, TD Hawkinson. You know, we'll come up with something better than that, I'm sure. But Grifka, I did strike a gem on another one that somebody threw at me. And this just came at me like... You know how it just hits you and you're like, oh, that's perfect, right? So so try this one on for size, man. 
Tracy Walker, right? We took him in the third round a year ago. Um, everybody was kind of surprised by the pick, didn't know much about this guy. He kind of flew under the radar last year. They're grooming him, whatever. GQ rolls out. Now it's this guy's chance to do some things. So so I'm thinking, what does is, what is Tracy Walker bring to the table that would be a sweet nickname? So I'm thinking about it. I'm like, man, this guy has some absolutely ridiculously long arms i mean these things are incredible this guy's rocking the 47 he's playing that back end uh, i heard somebody describe him this week as kind of that safety that uses his length and flies around uh, making plays on the football more so than bringing the lumber like you'll see some safeties on the back end do so grifka i'm here to give this to the people and put this out there i think it's tremendous this has to become the new nickname for tracy walker grifka 747. This guy has got arms of a plane. He flies around on the back end. I mean, he rocks the 47. I mean, is this a perfect nickname for T-Walk or what? <laughs> 747. That's awesome because, like, a pit, you know, I know it's called a pick six, but, you know, obviously it'll turn into seven points. That's that's pretty cool name, man. It really is. Can you, can you see the pick six and him just – bringing the 747 in for a landing right in the end zone. Like, I mean, there's just so many ways we can go with this. I, I think, I think we got to get this trending. We got to get that on Twitter. T walk 747, just patrolling the back end here in 2019 for the Lions. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool, man. That's a good one right there. <laughs> All right. We'll, uh, we'll keep working on uh, a few others. You know, they got to come naturally. They got to fit. They got to have multiple layers to really be good nicknames. Like Griffka said, we don't want to do the, the basic ones, but I thought that hit me and that was, that was cool. So uh, let me throw it back to you, Griffka. You got, you got something else for the people uh, here on this show? Yeah. I just, um, there's something I wanted to uh, bring up actually uh, that uh, I wanted your opinion on that we talked about it. And going to training camp and in the draft, a lot of people were saying how, like, the Lions, you know, if if uh, Kyler Murray was there at eight, you know, they should take him. Now, this is for you. If you were starting a team, I mean, you were, you were the GM, you were putting the team together, would you take a quarterback like a Matt Stafford type, or would you want more of a Kyler Murray type? Because everybody keeps saying, you know, the game's changing, guys like Kyler Murray, they're going to be the new guy, but... Would you go, go kind of go with a traditional pocket passer, big gunslinging arm, or would you want a guy that's a little more mobile, you know, can escape stuff and maybe use his feet a little more? Um. Well, let me tackle it this way. I mean, I think if you're asking me just, you know, traditional versus a running new age type quarterback, I mean, at the end of the day, I still fall more under the – traditional side of football I mean I love we talked about like I'm a big uh, Michigan fan and and you know they brought in some different things but we know what we used to love about Michigan football the big pocket passer the big offensive line you know get under the center as well as play out of the gun play action throw it deep you know smash mouth football that type of stuff I mean that that's still my my ultimate favorite but to twist your question a little bit you know I I don't necessarily want the new age run around quarterback, but you know, one thing I'll be watching for Stafford this year is a little bit more in the pocket mobility. I mean, I don't think you have to scramble and run, but I think you really do have to be able to shift, move around, roll out, throw accurately, that type of stuff. And what I would say is that, you know, what I think is winning right now in the NFL is the good 
college quarterback that comes into a good system, a good situation, and makes no money. And I feel like, again, here we go, Grifka, he's cheap, right? This is my whole thing. But if you can add a quarterback that's more than adequate, he's on a good team, and he has makes no money, and you can load up on defense and skill players and all this stuff, I feel like that's really the blueprint for winning right now. So I'm curious to see if one of these teams with a really high-priced, I'm talking like 25 to $30 million quarterback, can not only win but have sustained success because I, I think it is a little bit hard to put a really solid football team on all types of different levels when you have that type of money to one position. But, I mean, that's where we sit here with our Lions is we want Stafford to play well. We know he makes 25 to $29 million cap hit, and – we still have $20 million sitting there. Bob Quinn, as much as people want to rag on him, has sort of built a young, aggressive-type team, and, and our cap is in better spots. So, you know, we'll be a good test case, I think, for kind of traditional quarterback that makes a ton of money win, you know, and I, I really hope it can. But, I mean, if I had my choice, I'd be taking one of these young, upstart quarterbacks and building an absolute nasty team around him. Okay. I guess my point of view is I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I like the pocket passer and to say Stafford a little more mobility. I'm thinking somebody like with the mobility, I, I know people are going to laugh about this, but like Dan Marino, I, I love Dan Marino. He was my favorite quarterback when I was a kid and he was by no means a running quarterback. If you were going to call him a statue, he would have been a statue, but his footwork in the pocket was great. He, he could feel the pressure. He knew when to step up. He had a very quick release. So he didn't get sacked a lot. If they could get Stafford, something like that, you know, just like, and I know there's we had seen we'd seen Stafford in the past. He just seemed gun shy, just you know, from getting hit so much. But Dan Marino really knew how to just you know. Even Tom Brady does it pretty well. You know, neither one you know run really well, but they know when to step up. They know when to move. If they get Stafford that way, that that would be great. And 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 to once again piggyback on you know more of your answer, I think that's what the league is going to that cheaper quarterback. You know, and try to build. Use your money. Use your money at uh, other spots. So when you have to go pay your quarterback, hopefully you're filling those other positions with young defensive talent, young offensive talent. Where you had, where you had dropped that money before. Now you got to pay your quarterback, and so you have to use that young that that money that young money on other positions where before they were supporting your quarterback. All those gritty veterans that you had to pay. So I. I, I totally agree with you on that, you know, going to get one of those young quarterbacks to be your guy. Good stuff, man. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question, you know, um, really important. You know, quarterback, I would say, is probably the one of the top two or three positions in all sports, you know, uh, no doubt about it, and basically drives your team. So uh, it's definitely something to consider of what do you do with it, what do you pay towards it, how do you build the rest of your team, all that type of stuff. Yeah, definitely. So uh, that was the big question I really wanted to pose to you this week because I know a lot of people say it's, you know, Kyler Murray type that's going to change the game. But it seems like I've been hearing that since Randall Cunningham, you know, Mike Vick, you know, all those guys that could run around and sling the ball. But it still seems the NFL still really wants that pocket quarterback to, you know, where they don't have to pay their money and, you know, some, you know, your quarterback get hurt, you know, Uh, you know, RG3 comes to mind, you know, instantaneously when I think about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I let me throw this one at you, Griff. Because so, 
you know, we're recording here. The word hasn't officially come out, you know, about hard knocks. We've talked about it. Um, you know, uh, it did come out here recently that, you know, uh, there was some rumor and innuendo that they were leaning towards the Redskins. Everybody's been assuming the Raiders and we're in the mix. We're basically the final three. Um, a guy reached out to me on Twitter, Mike on Twitter. He's at 19 lion fan 87 and he sent me a couple questions so i said i'd um, try to get at him on this show so i'm gonna go ahead and throw them at you i think this first one is somewhat related to hard knocks he put uh what do you guys think will be the best storyline for fans to follow if the lions get hard knocks or even assuming they don't um and he says and what player do each of you think will become a fan favorite um, throughout the season. So he's kind of still assuming that maybe we could be picked, but I'm throwing it at you, Grifko, saying, like, even if we're not on hard knocks, like, you know, what what's a good storyline and a player that might surprise us so that we want to follow this year? Hmm. A guy that I'd, I'd want to follow and, and a good storyline. <clears throat> I'm going to break this down two ways. I'm going to break this rookie-wise. I would really want to break down and see – Tavai, I would really like to see his point of view simply because one, obviously he played out of Hawaii and I didn't see a whole lot of his games. And I know you make fun of me for watching a lot of college football and as a guy, I just didn't see a whole lot. So to see, to follow him, to see what the team's plan for him would be, I I would really like, I I would really like to to see his point of view with the team. Now a veteran with the team that I think would just be great for television. You know who I'm going to say, it's gotta be big play. I mean, could you? I mean, his his uh his interviews are just the best. Could you imagine him on TV, uh, HBO? What he could say? I mean, come on, <laughs> yeah. I'd 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 love to follow that guy. What uh what Griff is referencing to? I mean, he's a he's a Darius Slay honk. I mean, he shook his hand at practice. We told it on the last show. It's a hilarious story. Um, he's always repping big play Slay. And, and Griff, you know, what I was thinking about the other day, like. Big play Slay is kind of like the last person you should like. Like you're you're the anti big play Slay when it comes to like you should like like an offensive lineman or like a a plotting tight end, not a electric corner that waves his finger every play. Like I just think it's an odd fit for you to be like one of your favorite guys. But um, Grifka's also referencing like we talked about it. I don't know if you can find it online. Like um 97.1 the ticket used to do what did slay say it was just like it was just his regular interviews but they would just pick out clips and like play them and you'd be sitting there going huh what <laughs> like what did he just ramble off i don't know what he said but it was sounded hilarious uh so um yeah man he would be a classic on those shows no doubt about it um if i had to pick like a storyline for the fans to follow hmm, man I guess I'm just really curious, year two, you know, what's Matt Pat going to be for not only the city, the fans? I mean, we just want W's, but I'm curious to see what he does this year from, like, camp to, like, how he works with the media as well as just how how he diagrams. I think, I think he could be a real face, a real fan favorite of this city when it comes to a head coach if he could just – win ball games, win division, take us to the playoffs, all that type of stuff that we've been just craving. So I guess I'll have my eye on the head coach, just really watching him. And, again, I'm a big supporter and love what he's doing. But, you know, he'll be interesting to watch. And then a player that could be, like, a fan favorite. I just think 
I just talked about him, man. Seven four seven. I, I think that we have not seen barely anything from Tracy Walker. Every time I see him in OTAs, he just looks like an absolute specimen. Uh, you know, not only do we need him to play well, I think, I think if he plays well, he'll jump off the screen and like we'll notice it, and everybody will will jump on board with seven forty seven. But um, Deshaun Hand is a really engaging personality, so I guess he'd be my second one. Where I think he had such a good rookie year that. You know, Deshaun Hand could be kind of a great player on the football field. And, like, if you get a mic in front of him, like, he's a really personable, fun guy to listen to as well in a good way. Like, he's outgoing, but he also still talks about the team. He's not, like, that boastful guy, but he's just really engaging. So those would be two I'd throw out there for uh, Mike. We appreciate him reaching out. He said he's following the show. He found us out there and said he's going to be listening to all the episodes moving forward. So that was tremendous. I said, man, we'll shout you out on the show and get you on there. So um, appreciate that. Uh, he has a follow-up, Grifka, which I want to throw at you as well. Okay. Now, now this is classic. Like, if you didn't see this, I mean, I'm, I may have to kick you off the show, which I've threatened before, and, and it could happen at some point. But um, all joking aside, like, Grifka, please tell me that you saw the Aaron Rodgers attempted beer chug and then the Matt Stafford retort where he uh, downed the old brewski. Did you see this? Yeah, I, I did see. <laughs> <laughs> this was, like, the, the great – first of all, like, I'm never one to give any Packers any love, but who was that O-lineman? Was that Bakhtiari? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I've never seen him go down so so effortlessly. This guy, I mean, let's hope he does that uh, a few times before the Lions show up on their barn uh, for Monday Night Football. But this guy is just, you know, putting these back like nothing. And then the, the big dog, the quarterback, goes in. I mean, this guy looked like a 13-year-old trying to have his first uh, Budweiser. It was absolutely embarrassing. He got about a halfway through and almost choked, and they had to call the EMTs. And then, to top it all off, what's even better is the passive-aggressive just slap in the face that Stafford and crew gave them, where they, they just show this nonchalant video and just pan over to number nine. He just he just absolutely downs his brewski, doesn't say a word, just looks forward. I thought it was just absolutely gold, I unexpected, but that's our quarterback, man, right there. Let's go. Yeah, just, just like you said, when I saw the Aaron Rodgers video, all I could think was that line from Beer Fest, the movie Beer Fest, where the, like, the guys are trying to chug the beer and the German guys go, I remember my first beer. And that's all I could think. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, okay. And then the Stafford, you know, clap back. Yeah, that was just perfect. You know, it's, just, it's like, yeah, I'm glad he's ours. Oh, man, Mike uh, wanted us to talk about that, too. I was like, oh, yeah, we saw it. We'll bring that up on the show, no doubt about it. So that that was fun, you know, and also something that Matt Stafford hasn't done any of that. You know, he doesn't have any of that kind of uh, outward anything since probably his first, what, I say his first four years or so. He really not only would have a lot of fun at the podium, you know, when he was up there or he would – you know, be out on the field, just kind of being a young football player. But this was a a very unexpected move by him, and I'm assuming that was Kelly Stafford taking the video. You know, shout out to her that she's doing better with all um, the things she's been going through. But I thought for them to do this was just uh, kind of like out of character in a good way and fun and unassuming and, and just like, hey, you know, you can, you can be a leader of this team and be the quiet, you know, basic guy but you can also have a little fun i thought this was fun yeah it was just perfect the way he did it like you said he just 
chugged it and looked at the camera and didn't say nothing. Just everybody knew it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, awesome stuff. Number nine, we're rooting for you this year. And like say Kelly Stafford, uh, just really glad she's uh, doing better and on her way to recovery. All that type of stuff is, is absolutely great. So Grifka, do we want to do a few more questions or what are you thinking? Uh, let's, let's do this. Let's get out of here this one. Let's save some of those questions for next week. Okay. We got a bunch of questions. You you know Frank is loading up the mailbox, Grifco. We got a lot of the other Kool-Aid drinkers sending in questions. We have not had anybody yet use the Anchor voice messages. I mean, if, if you're listening to this on uh, on your I, iTunes or your your podcast platform for Apple, all you got to do is hit the details. It brings up the show notes, and I tried it at the very bottom. It will uh, bring up a spot that says voice messages. You click that, it's going to take you to the Anchor website. You may have to quickly uh, you know, get yourself a, a username or something, but then you can leave us questions anytime you want. Of course, you can call that Detroit Kool-Aid Cast listener line. Uh, Grifka, you, you still don't know the number, right? Um. It's in my phone, and I never call my phone. So, <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, if, if you guys want to not do the anchor, but still call us up, rant, rave, leave us question, um, you can do that by calling nine eight nine two seven two three four eight four. We really love uh, putting you guys on the podcast, shouting you out, like you know, making this again the uh, Detroit Lions fans podcast uh, for the fans by by fans, and love having a bunch of fun. So, Grifka, we will have to get at these questions. I know there were a few people that texted to that listener line. If you don't want to like put your voice on there, you can actually just um, put that number in your phone and shoot us a quick message, like you would to the ticket text line on ninety seven one, and we'll use that as a question. I know we had a few of those that we'll have to get back to as well but uh i agree with you let's go ahead and uh, close up the show and then we will uh come back here next week talking all things lions so uh as i often say with all that being said grifka you got anything else for the people uh nope All right. <laughs> well, perfect. Uh, man, it's been a fun week on the Kool-Aid cast. Eric Schlitt really came in. We had a great show with him. Um, we got some things coming up on the horizon. We got OTAs we'll be talking all about. And uh, just me and Griffco always coming up with topics, having a bunch of fun, joking around, and beating each other up here on the show. So uh, we thank everybody for listening. Please hit that subscribe button. Share this with a friend. Follow us on Twitter. Detroit underscore Kool-Aid, where you can get at Grifka directly at Grifka DKC. So we, we appreciate and love all the support, everybody. Take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks, everybody. Back to back. Start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.